I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. On this episode of Newt's World, I want to personally share with you the thinking that I've been doing about where we are. And I have really spent months trying to think through as a historian the time that we live in. And I've looked at different components and it's a little bit like you would dig down maybe in a treasure house or, you know, at Disney World or something. And then you would see that you weren't at the bottom yet. So you'd have to go to another layer and then another layer. And what I realized was, as a historian, from a long-term perspective, that the reason it's so complicated for us as everyday people to understand what we're living through is that we're actually living through four parallel crises. Now, the United States, as it has existed for 245 years, is under siege from four different historic forces. And I say historic because these are much, much bigger than politics. These forces are so large and so complex that there's a very real possibility that they're just going to overwhelm the American people and the United States as we've known it, which has ceased to exist. You may think that sounds like hyperbole or like it's way too big, it can't possibly be true. But just listen to my description of the four crises, think about what you see every day in the news, I think you're going to be surprised by how accurate, historically, this analysis is.
Now, each of these crises, I think, has to be seen as historic, not political. Now, what does that mean? Well, politics is what happens in a democracy on the surface. And it's going on all the time. And we run candidates and we attack each other and we support each other. But it has a certain controlled, moderate level of energy. Historic forces shatter the structure. They change the pattern. I would argue that we are really being inundated by forces whose size, each of these four, their size compares to the French Revolution, the Leninist-Stalinist Revolution in Russia, or the Maoist Revolution in China. Now, those were shattering events. Those were events so big that in each case, the old order never recovered. And in each case, there was a new order. The French Revolution was eventually defeated in a very long war, but it nonetheless had permanently changed the nature of France and to some extent all of Europe. The Leninist-Stalinist Revolution, I will argue in a minute, still exists. I mean, the fact is, while the Soviet Union disappeared, Putin is a KGB graduate. Most of his key advisors are KGB. They all believe in Leninism, Stalinism. And, of course, the greatest example of Leninist-Stalinist revolution is Mao Zedong and the Chinese Communist Party, which is an absolutely, totally Leninist-Maoist party. So these are huge forces. The China of Deng Xiaoping or the China of Xi Jinping is not the Confucian China of 1900. The Russia of Putin is not the Russia of the Tsar in 1910. And the France of today is certainly not the France of the Bourbon kings. So I think you have to think about that kind of a large, sobering, potentially decisive shift in how things work. Now, what's really frustrating, and I think misleading for those of us who try to analyze it, is that this year in 2021, there is still an overwhelming majority of Americans who oppose both the radical agenda and the Russian and Chinese dictatorships. For example, by 91 to 6, that's a pretty remarkable number, Americans agree with Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. that the content of your character is more important than the color of your skin. That means all of the various racist activities, critical theory and all that stuff, the effort now, the Biden administration is trying to give away land based on color. You go down a whole list of these things. The effort to have reparations in various towns based on color. All of that represents 6% of the American people. And 91% who are passive and don't know how to fight are standing there watching, wondering what's going on, knowing it's wrong, but not knowing how to fight it. 85% of the American people believe religious liberty matters. Now, the radicals who are increasingly dominating us specifically don't believe that. They think that, frankly, gender and sexuality are far more important than religious liberty. Similarly, 81% of the American people believe photo identification should be required for voting. 81%, that means a majority of African Americans, a majority of Latinos, the whole group believe 
you ought to be expected to identify who you are before you vote, which, of course, the radicals are passionately, deeply opposed to and will tell you is a sign of racism. Finally, 81% believe parents should have the right to choose the schools for their children. And that number of supporting choice of schools keeps going up the more radical and the more open the teachers' unions are and the more they refuse to go to work and the more they indicate that their interests are not in the children but in politics. So here you have just this small set of numbers, 91, 85, 81, 81. You would think on the surface, if you have that size majority, surely you're going to win. In fact, we worked with John McLaughlin, and we did a series of surveys. We found at least 16 issues, 16, on which more than 85% opposed the radicals. Think about that. Issues where 85% of the American people opposed the radicals. However... The 85% is being outmaneuvered, pushed back, eroded, browbeaten, instructed, and there's an interlocking system, I would argue, of four different crises. And the reason it's been so hard to design a strategy to deal with it is that there are four of them. So you can't just design a strategy for one, because they're interlocking, they're mutually powerful, and they are together enormously hard. Each crisis is a force on its own and would be hard to defeat. The combination of the four is so formidable that the American people, despite their overwhelming support for the historic America, may simply be coerced or exhausted into accepting the loss of their country. So let me describe the four crises. The first is something you see every day. It's a radical movement that replaces pro-American words and ideas with concepts that undermine and repudiate America. So you and I say, Christopher Columbus is a good guy, and it's great that we have a statue of Christopher Columbus. They say, Christopher Columbus is a racist who destroyed Native Americans, and therefore we should tear down his statue. We say, Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence, and that's a remarkable contribution to human freedom. They say Thomas Jefferson had slaves, and therefore we should tear down his monument and probably deny that he wrote the Declaration, which was a lie anyway, by according to them, because it was simply cover for slavery. So they invent the 1619 Project, designed specifically to crowd out the way in which we've historically talked about America. And in this zone... What you have is a cultural war about language. One of the things I really recommend, so you understand what has shaped my own thinking, is that this radical movement that replaces pro-American words and ideas with concepts that undermine and repudiate America can best be thought of like a virus. When that radical virus infects you and you learn how to talk about racism, you can't have a conversation with that person because critical race theory now becomes embedded in their brain, and they go around babbling without any knowledge. They do not listen to an argument. They're not at all open. And that's because they essentially have become controlled by this parasite. Douglas Murray wrote an amazing book 
the madness of crowds, gender, race, and identity. And when you read it, he has captured hypocritical, destructive, dishonest behaviors with such a sharp mind that you can't quite believe you're reading the page because once he puts certain things out, you begin to realize, oh yeah, this stuff is crazy. And his argument is that once you get the crowd engaged in madness, the madness is mutually reinforcing. So whether you believe that the nutcake you're talking with can't listen to you because they have a virus in their brain, or you believe that the nutcake talking with you can't really talk consciously because Douglas Murray has pinned down the degree to which they've been captured by madness, you begin to realize that most of the people that we're dealing with are nuts. It's not that they're political radicals, they're just nuts. They believe in a world that doesn't exist. They wander around, you know, and you have to say to yourself, where do they get these things? Well, if you think of it as a biological phenomenon, rather than as an intellectual or political phenomenon, it begins to make sense. We allowed for two generations truly weird ideas to become acceptable as though they were real. And now we have to deal with people who wake up every morning believing all of this junk. And the result is they wander around all day with bad ideas. They run bad institutions, including most universities, the news media, the teachers' union, most bureaucrats. I just was listening last night and today to the attorney, Michael Avenatti, who had as a client the stripper, Stormy Daniels, who had sued Trump. And Fox, which was being unkind, went back and got all of these quotes from a couple years ago where because he was attacking Trump, MSNBC, NBC, CNN, they all had him on and they would talk about him like, this guy could run for president. He's so heroic. I'm so inspired. Well, unfortunately, he just got sentenced, I think, to three years in prison for trying to blackmail Nike. When you watch these people, I think that was Tucker Carlson who said, these people shouldn't be allowed to drive. They're so whacked. And yet, for a brief moment, they had joined what Murray would have called the madness of crowds, and they were all dancing and talking about what a wonderful guy this is. He's Donald Trump's worst nightmare. Michael, I'm ready. He's out there saving the <laughs> like, country. Yeah. Don Meacham says he may be the savior of the republic. You are something of a folk hero now. Michael Avenatti is a beast. He has a great, bigger calling here. That being a lawyer is minimal compared to what he's doing. No one has talked tougher directly to Donald Trump on TV than Michael Avenatti. And Donald Trump is afraid to mention his name. Donald Trump is terrified of Michael Avenatti. Uh, one reason why I'm taking you seriously as a contender is because of your presence on cable news. You look at the field of Democrats right now and Avenatti's the one who stands out. If they decide they value a fighter most, yes. people would be foolish to underestimate Michael yeah. Avenatti. So the first crisis is that we have these waves of insanity and these waves of parasitism. I'm very pleased that the American public is in fact responding, for example, to critical race theory and you're getting a real backlash. I'm very pleased that in increasingly African Americans are standing up and saying, no, they don't hate America. They reject the idea that some white radical is going to tell them how they're allowed to think. So I see breaks in this one. I think if the only crisis we faced was the radical movement, we would defeat it. 
because it is crazy. It's so out of touch with reality that eventually, even with the news media, which, by the way, there's a survey out in Rasmussen that says something like 55 or 60% of the country now sees the news media as the enemy. That is a long way from where they started, and they earn it every single day. So that's the first crisis. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. The problem with us is the first crisis has behind it this enormous, rapidly growing national anti-American network of powerful people and the institutions they control. And they are moving toward anti-American radicalism, deeply committed to defeating the American people's core values. When the head of Nike says, Nike is committed to China, You have to ask yourself, first of all, how can you be a CEO of a worldwide company, know about the nature of Xi Jinping's dictatorship, know about the killing of the Uyghurs, know about forced organ harvesting, know about what's going on with Hong Kong, and turn cheerfully and say, Nike is committed to China. I mean, is it committed to organ harvesting? Is it committed to genocide? I mean, it's despicable. And yet, this guy's not going to get any back pressure. He's making so much money out of China. People go, oh, he's really clever. Well, he's the tip of an iceberg. Think about what happened in Georgia. The duly elected legislature of the people of Georgia 
pass an election law. Liberals decide to lie about the law. And it's plain lied, including the President of the United States. The law, in fact, was a rational law, every component of which was strongly supported by normal people. But the fix was in. It was decreed from on high that Georgia had to be punished. Now, think about this. You know, giant corporations, including, by the way, some of the great Georgia corporations like Coca-Cola, Delta Airlines, which really ought to be ashamed of themselves and really ought to suffer some significant consequence. Because they go about to punish Atlanta by taking away the all-star game because the duly elected legislature passed a law they didn't like. And I think it gives you a flavor again. You have this growing power of an elite which is against the American people. When Facebook and Twitter can ban and censor the oldest and fourth largest newspaper in America, the New York Post, we're actually moving toward a dictatorship of the elite. And we need to recognize that. These oligarchs are fully as dangerous in the U.S. as they would be in Russia. And it is a very dangerous environment. But it means that in addition to the chaos and churning of the radicalism that we have to beat sort of one word at a time, we now have a power structure. And there are some reports that, for example, the National Security Agency, the most sophisticated spy agency in the world, is actually spying on Americans. So if you now have to deal with really rich people, really big institutions, and I would take the teachers' union as an example. The teachers' union is a top-down controlled by a handful of people dedicated to radicalism. They had 5,000 teachers in one state who pledged that they would break the law, that if the state decided that it did not want to have radical ideas taught, they would teach it anyway. Now, I mean, think about that. You begin to live in a country where somebody says to you, I am prepared to teach radicalism even if it's illegal because I no longer believe in the law, I don't believe in the legislature, I don't believe in America, and I'm therefore willing to go out on a limb. And by the way, my teachers' union is backing me. So I think we have to recognize that the scale of the anti-American network and its power are vastly greater than anything conservatives have ever imagined. And we currently have no answer. I mean, but the truth is, we do not today have a solution for this growing power structure control of the country on behalf of anti-Americanism. So that's the second great crisis. Third, and I wrestled with how to put this together, but I felt that it had to be said. There is a decay underway in America that is really sobering. For the past several decades, the entire American system has been decaying. I remember in 1983, I was part of launching President Reagan's study of education called A Nation at Risk, which said that our schools were so bad that if a foreign power did to our children what our schools were doing, we would consider it an act of war. It's 1983. So here we are, 38 years later. Schools are worse, and that's a cumulative effect. Think about this. The country has this conversation for six months. We've got to have honest elections. We've got to know what we're doing. We've got to take care of the ballots. And our greatest city has an election for mayor. 
And it's a fiasco because somebody forgot to take out 135,000 blank ballots. But if you think about it, if you have schools where you can't read and you have schools where you can't do math and you have schools where you don't show up, why would we think when you graduate you could do any real work? And so what you have is a dumbing down of America, a decay of the entire system, and we've moved from why didn't you go earn a living to why didn't you ask the government to give you a living? And what does that do? It teaches people that they're entitled. So what happened last year? In Washington State, $900 million was stolen from the Unemployment Compensation Fund, apparently mostly by Nigerians. And what I think will Sunday be a great book, because there's an entire group of Nigerians who have learned how to go on the Internet and live a good life in Nigeria while stealing from Americans. It's a weird kind of foreign aid. They apparently stole most of that $900 million. But don't feel bad that it's only being stolen by foreigners, because south of the state of Washington in California, apparently 32 billion, not million, 32 billion dollars was stolen in unemployment compensation. And in California, when I talked to the district attorney who's involved in this, she said, we think most of it was stolen by career criminals currently serving time in the state prisons. So these career criminals had learned how to go online, steal your identity, get the check, have a girlfriend or boyfriend pick up the check, and they did it to the tune of, think about this number, $32 billion. Now, even if you're working full-time, because they don't have much to do, how many people does that involve? 100,000, 200,000? So you have in California hundreds of thousands of people who are cheerful about stealing. I would argue this is not good. Just this week, we had nine people walk into Neiman Marcus in San Francisco, steal purses, walk out, get in a vehicle, and drive off. Which is zero sense of risk, zero sense that they get arrested. They just stole thousands and thousands of dollars in high-end purses from Neiman Marcus. It's so bad that several stores are now closing because there's literally no way to stop the criminals because the police won't stop them and the district attorney won't try them. So you have a kind of decay which at one level involves crime. At other levels, it just involves behavior. When a former president visits a pedophile island 26 times, and one of the richest Americans goes there eight times, there's something decadent about the American system. If you watch California, the support for pedophilia is spreading to the schools and the society at large. So things that people would have one time thought were unthinkable are increasingly normal and not even thought about. We have a pro-criminal anti-police culture, which is real, look at Atlanta, for example, and the, the amount of violence there. When you look at a place like Chicago, just recently, a one-month-old shot in the head in Englewood, an area of Chicago, and it wasn't a random incident. 172 children have been shot, 25 of them fatally so far in Chicago this year. Now, we would never have tolerated that in the past. You say to yourself, I mean, 
what happened to America. We would never have tolerated this in the past. And yet we're now so totally screwed up. Our values are so truly stupid that we excuse every criminal. We hire district attorneys who won't prosecute anybody. We punish the police. And then we are surprised that we're having an enormous rise in crime. And that multiplies itself. I mean, you show bad people they can get away with bad things and yet more bad people doing more bad things. And that's what's happening. So we have to recognize that in addition to winning the political argument and in addition to winning the power structure argument, to become healthy, America is going to have to win a cultural war over honesty, crime, work, decency against a deeply ingrained increasingly decadent and increasingly dishonest radical culture. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Finally, the threat which as a historian ultimately worries me the most and that is the Russian-Chinese threat. And I say Russian-Chinese threat not because they're necessarily in a formal alliance, but because they are both dedicated to shrinking the United States, weakening the United States, encouraging forces of dissidence in the United States. And I think we really underestimate what's going on. The Russians have a model that they call hybrid warfare. Now think of it as a rheostat. It can go from 
hiring criminals in the street, which they've done, all the way up to nuclear war. And I think what you're watching is hybrid warfare. And just take one example of how bad it is. Most of the hacking that really matters comes from Russia. And the American president, whether it's Trump or it's Biden or whoever it is, says, oh, we're not going to allow that. Well, we don't know how to stop it. So next week we're going to have more hacking. And we'll have another statement from the president. We're not going to tolerate this. Hacking from the Russian perspective is an act of war being done without declaring war. And I would just say that every American should remember Trotsky's warning. Trotsky said at the key point in the Russian Revolution, quote, you may not be interested in war, but war is interested in you. And I think that applies to what's happening. We're in the middle of a continuing, unending Russian assault trying to break up American society, trying to change elections, trying to support dissident elements, trying to maximize the ability to prey upon our economic and other institutions. And you have to understand, and this is one of the things that I find so puzzling about our leadership and our elites. Putin was a KGB agent, trained by the KGB, loved the Soviet Union, has said publicly that the greatest disaster of the 20th century was the collapse of the Soviet Union. He called it the biggest geopolitical catastrophe of the century. Putin, who's clearly the richest man in Russia, because he's stolen so much, and his allies, the oligarchs, who are also really rich, because they've stolen so much. Their number one goal in life is to get even with the Americans. They see us as having crowded them out, broken up their world, taken a dominant position, supported countries as close as Estonia, which is on the suburbs of St. Petersburg, sent American forces into the Black Sea, which they thought of as their sea, having American forces off of Vladivostok. I mean, from the Russian standpoint, it's been a tough three or four decades. And so their view is if they can operate various and sundry active measures, they're very prepared to take significant risks to try to undermine and break down the American society. Now, the Chinese are different. The Chinese have a long-term momentum of getting stronger every year, getting more dangerous every year, being more powerful every year, projecting power more every year. They're not going to pick a big fight with us unless they can't avoid it because they think every year that goes by we get weaker, our schools get dumber, our students get less educated, our economy gets weaker, our military gets even more destroyed. I mean, if you were the Chinese or the Russians, and you were watching us go through this whole thing of training wokeness into the American military, you would just think to yourself, these people are crazy. The purpose of a military is to win a war. It's not to be a social instrument. And I think their view is that the American system is collapsing, that we are in a position where our news media is so irresponsible, focusing on gossip, focusing on trivia. Our politicians are so short-sighted and so collectively incompetent that every single year that goes by, they get stronger and we get weaker. So I really do believe, in summary, that we are facing the gravest threat to our survival as a free people since the fall of 1776. 
I think we have to recognize these four threats, realize that they're historic and not just political, organize methodically on a historic scale to defeat all four, or we are at enormous risk of losing our freedom. And I really think the next three years, as opposed to nitpicking about whatever stupid thing Kamala Harris is laughing about, or whatever weird thing Biden is saying inaccurately, I really think we need a national dialogue of all Americans, of all backgrounds. If you don't want to be dominated by the Chinese and the Russians, and if you don't want to see American civilization disappear, then we need a genuine, serious, deep national conversation. Because these are big problems, and they're going to take big answers, and we are currently not designed to have a serious conversation that could lead to that kind of profound commitment. Thank you for listening. You can read more about the four crises that threaten America's survival on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers. Our producer is Garnsey Sloan. And our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at Gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.